Welcome to Twitter Spaces. It's time for a little trucking technology and efficiency. It's also what we call a Friday free-for-all, even though we have a theme. If you want to jump in and ask any question at all, you can. Uh, my co-host, Henry Albert, is with me here. Uh, Joe Morrow is off goofing around today, or he took a long weekend. I don't know. Uh, he's not with us. John Walco is still MIA. The racing world must not want to let go of him right now. So uh, Henry and I are going to handle things today. Uh, if you have any questions, jump in. Uh, our theme today really is about surviving the freight recession we're in. And when I posted that today, somebody said, well, I thought this was trucking technology and efficiency. It is. The whole point of efficiency, Henry, is what? Where's Henry? There he is. Oh, hold on. I'm going to bring him back in again. There we go. To make as much money as possible. There you go. That's it right there. It's to make as much money as possible. Even though we talk about fuel mileage a lot and we put out numbers, you know, we're getting, you know, 12.2 miles to the gallon for a 30-day average or whatever. That's not the end goal to just get the best fuel mileage possible. If it was, we might be out trying to build a truck out of carbon fiber. But the carbon fiber truck might get better fuel economy, but it's not going to be more profitable. It, it would cost us too much to build it. We'd never be able to return that cost and start making more profit. Well, Kevin, isn't it funny with all that, how much the industry itself puts on, as we called it when we were showing horses, blinders on the horse? Like if you get around a tanker operation, it's all about the next gallon. No matter what, it's about the next gallon. Right. We can't do aerodynamics because we can't haul 10 gallons of fuel whatever <laughs> right right and you know there there is a lesson in there we were talking about it earlier today we have to get away from black and white thinking everything about this stuff is nuanced a strategy that works with a tanker doesn't ne necessarily work with a flatbed uh, so there, there's a lot of nuance to this but the ultimate goal and why we chose this theme for today is because the ultimate goal of efficiency is to be profitable and we try to be more efficient to be more profitable. Well, we don't know if any of this stuff is even working if we don't track it, do we, Henry? Uh, not at all. It, have there been things that, that you've done and maybe you haven't gotten around to the numbers yet, you're busy trying things, and in your mind you think, man, this is really working good. It, and then you crunch the numbers and you go, oh, well, no, it's not looking all that good aerodynamics in itself is that way it's how the stuff yeah, works right. together and what i really like about playing with the aerodynamic side just why we're on that of that rabbit hole you know when you do mechanical things a five and a seven percent gain on two different items doesn't necessarily add up to 12 percent but, right. but but on arrow sometimes a five and a seven will add up to 15 it they can compound themselves you're right yeah, sometimes we can do that with engine performance, too. It can you know, be done. Sometimes, yeah, but aerodynamics, you're right. That That's an area where, where sometimes we get exponential gains. It's a mysterious lady to deal with. Speaking of exponential gains, don't we really get exponential gains by slowing down? Generally speaking, yes. Yeah. Even that's not a 100% rule, though. There's, there's... Nope. Right. 
Right. All right. So uh, I had a speaker request here, and I want to see if he's uh, jumping in on my offer. Rulon, unmute yourself. and uh... I am jumping in on your offer. All right. All right. So tell me about your operation. Well, I do expediting mainly. I have a 24-foot straight truck, and I have been in business before, and I just keep failing over and over. And I attempt to track my numbers, but I never do it. Okay. So you're, you're going to challenge me a little bit. Expediting is a little tougher. The, the shorter straight trucks are a little more challenging. I like that. So, um, so far, it looks like you might be the candidate here. Um, when you said you've been in business, it sounded like you were alluding to multiple times. Is that correct? Yes. I, in 98, I worked as a courier. And the company said, oh, you're really good. You want to do more work? And they just gave me more work. So I hired all my friends and didn't know anything about taxes or paying people. Okay. Or uh... yeah, Got it. Yep. All right. So my next question was going to be, and I think you just answered it for me. Um, what was the cause of your first business failure? Do you want to expand on it? I'm not knowing how to ne negotiate and work with my customers. Got it. So really, um, not a good accounting system, not good, you know, relationship building skills, or maybe you even had the skills, you just didn't realize how important it was to build relationships. So yeah. you know what I like about this? You know what I like about your answer? So you are the candidate, by the way, you already got it. And, and it's because of what you just said. You know why I like that so much? I do not. At least nine out of 10 people, if I would have been asking that question, they would have been blaming some outside factor. They wouldn't have taken the total blame like you just did. I didn't understand my accounting. I hired all my friends. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't understand building relationships. You took full responsibility for it. Ke Kevin, the, the, yes. the one thing when you went to expediting before we get down rabbit holes, to me, one of the big things on expediting, having friends, that are expediters is knowing how long you can sit you know the fixed cost part of it that well i'm waiting for a yes. good load you know okay but that day's gone forever you can't make it back up and and knowing how long right. to sit because expedites a weird weird deal there the industry's 911 and having a lot of friends in that industry it, it's weird one 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 place they'll go they'll sit you know hours and and they got to make a move in other places, they might sit a day or two and, and know right. how, how, how to do that. That all comes back to the numbers. You know, I'm, in the beginning, it, it, it's just it's just pure experimentation. And then you track those numbers and you go back to the numbers and figure out what worked better. Did it make more sense for me to grab that load with a lousy rate and just keep moving? Or does it make more sense when, I, when I'm more patient and I sit and wait? And the only answer is going to be in the numbers. Right. The, the one piece of advice that I learned on, from them was they needed to move if they weren't near a city that had a football team. Which, which was odd, but that's what they worked out yeah. with their numbers, that there was more opportunities out of a city I, I, where there was a major football team. Not because of the football team, it just it meant just, it was a city of that size. You know, it, it's one of those things we talk about a lot. It's it's um, 
causation or correlation. So do you know that, um, let me try to remember what this one is, that uh, eating ice cream causes more drownings? I've heard that, yes. <laughs> yeah, so sometimes you might think, oh, people are eating ice cream before they go swimming and then they get a cramp and drown, right? Right. But that's not the case. Eating ice cream causes more drownings simply because people eat ice cream more in the summer and they go in the water more in the summer. So there is a correlation, but there's no causation. Right. The ice cream didn't cause the drownings. It just correlates with the drownings. And those kind of things, Henry, I, I love those kind of rules. It, sometimes you can't even explain them, but you can prove them. That's right. That's an interesting business, by the way. <laughs> oh, it really is. Really is. And here's the other thing you will find. It's a lot more boom and bust even than general freight. Oh, yes, it is. On, on a regular basis. Right. Even it, There is no freight cycle with, with expedited the way we have freight cycles in almost every under, other segment. It's, it's much more volatile than most. Uh, it, it can change on a day-to-day -day basis, not yep. month or quarter or anything like that. Yep. So, so one of the skills I like to see with people who want to be an expediting, you just need to be a good problem solver because things change constantly. You can't really settle down into kind of a rigid system and think it's going to work. You've got to be really flexible. Yeah. Yes. Here's, here's another thing that, and again, I've learned this from working with a lot of people and seeing the numbers. I'm a big believer in you build a piece of equipment that has a lot of capabilities, like lift gates lift and reapers, gate. and, and you got to think about having that flexibility. Yep. Yes. So, Rulon, here's, here's how this is going to work. If, if, oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I said I unfortunately got in a fight and then went out and bought a $61,000 truck that I don't have a license to drive yet. I didn't realize it was going to be so hard to get my CDO with all the ELD training and stuff. So I have a truck that oh, I bought. Oh, okay. So tell me about the truck. Gate. It's a DD13 engine, Cascadia, 35,000 max gross weight. So I've never, I've always done under, either under... C, uh, under CDL or even under uh, 10,000 pounds, which had no regulations. Right. Okay, uh, so my next question, you bought this truck, you weren't aware of the licensing requirements. When you get well, a license, what what was your plan with the truck? I'm assuming you're leasing on to somebody. Well, I've had my authority for over 11 years just doing all the uh, other stuff. I came into it as, as, oh, you need this just because uh, that's how we do it. And so I went ahead and got that. Got what? So, uh, my MC. Okay, About your MC number or ago. authority? Uh, operating authority. You did get operating authority. Okay. This, I might need a little help. I might reach out and Henry, you might, I'm going to recruit you to help me on this one. I'm going to volunteer you. Uh, all right. So my experience with expediting, and I'm, I'm maybe a couple years out of date, I haven't done a lot of expedited work in a while. There, it, my experience, there was very little opportunity to be able to operate under your own authority. It could be done, and, and I'm crazy enough to try that, but 
that being said, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at being on lease to a carrier because you need that network because it, you, you don't know where you're going next. And they're, they're really, uh, not that I'm aware of, and again, this is where I might be a little out of date, but there really doesn't seem to be any kind of strong broker network or load board for this kind of freight. So I, you would have to go out and try to hustle direct shippers, and for expedited, that's almost impossible. Yeah. I, uh, I went to Chattanooga University for their broker class. They, they do some certificate class with TIA. Okay, good. And so I started calling direct shippers, and I've ran into a lot of them. Well, our customers bring our freight here. And and, and, and here's the other problem <laughs> so. you, you would run into. Even if you were like a really good salesman and you managed to get into a couple shippers and you get some expedited freight from them, what are you going to do on the other end? Uh, well, let, let's, let's right. not even go that far, Kevin. There's this... Henry's got another right. good point. Expedited you, you, freight yep. is not scheduled. Nope. You got to be there for the emergency to solve that problem. And with one truck, how, how are you going to get that it's direct tricky, customer? Yeah. And, yeah, you can't just sit there and wait for that emergency because your fixed costs are going to eat you up while you're waiting for the emergency. Yeah. And I... I do some of the LTL type stuff too, where they don't want to pay for a full semi or they can't get one. And I'm in that area because I, I do have a few load boards that do this stuff directly, you know, expedite load board. So there's one out there and a lot of people do use it or brokers <clears throat> use it. So that was going to be my first suggestion is because I don't know the market and I know it's got to be separate from the regular because the only thing I see on that or truck stop are some partials here and there, and it's not expedited rates. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> right. Not at all. Right. So <laughs> it, it, it could be done. You could start getting good at putting together partials and LTLs, but my God, it's a nightmare. a nightmare. And, and, and here's the thing. Miss an appointment one time on expedited freight, and you're probably out the door. Yeah. Because it, it's expedited for a reason. You know, it's going to hold up an assembly line. It's going to cost the company $1,000 an hour until that part gets there. It's, it's important stuff. It, it's, this is the high end of the market when it comes to, you know, service and dependability and reliability. Unfortunately, Henry, we could go back to the, the career path. This should pay significantly more, and it really doesn't. I, this is an area where you can really it can right if you're really good at managing it as an owner operator. But in general, it, it it doesn't pay more. It can actually pay less sometimes. Um, but part yeah. of that is, and I know people will freak out because I love low barriers to entry. The 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 prices get depressed on some of these because expedited freight can be moved with less requirements like you were talking about before you stayed in a, a less regulated segment and there's a lot more competition because every 24 yes. year old with a van all of a sudden is out expediting mm. yes ran into that all everywhere i went and here's the other reason why you don't see a lot of small fleets get started in expediting it happens it's not the norm the reason is People do what you do. 
oh, I'll go get my friends and put them in a van. And, and <laughs> the minute you do that, it takes them about two weeks to go, hey, why am I working for that guy? I'll just go get my own damn van and do this. Yeah. And one of the reasons for the truck I bought has a 35,000 pound growth vehicle weight is from the load boards. I saw there's not too many people doing those loads because they it, don't that, have the weight capacity. Good thinking. And that's the that's the kind of out of the box thinking that will help you succeed in this. The other thing a lot of them do with trucks like that is add a liftable axle so that they have the capacity to go beyond that. Because yep. once once you have your class B to be able to run that, and why not? Th there's yeah. a good chance that we could add a liftable axle to your truck without all that much cost. Yeah, yeah. I I did see that a lot with the front axle getting overweighted so, because of the box oh, yeah. so far forward. <laughs> Right. That's a possibility. So here's how this is going to work. You're going to have some homework. So I, I'm, I'm officially choosing you. Congratulations. Thank you. But, but you also have to stay engaged and do the things that are required by their deadlines. I, I'll give, you know, I give a little bit of flexibility, but you've got to work with me. If I'm going to put in this time, you've got to put in the time. All right. So I have two assignments for you. One, you've got to get your paperwork together. And I, all I mean by together is in one box that you can send it to me. It doesn't have to be separated or organized. Well, but it, lucky for you, I use QuickBooks and I was off for a month and a half and got everything cut up except for this last month. So. Excellent. Then, <laughs> then you could just send me a P&L out of QuickBooks. And All I'll right. look at it, and if it looks like it's been done right and it's accurate, then we can just go from that. And that saves me some time, so thank you. The next thing you've got to do is you've got to find a carrier that you're interested in leasing this truck to. Okay. I kind of don't want to do that because I, I, I've been in this market for a little while, and I think I've been doing all right. But we'll figure I, out what number. I, I, I <laughs> I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you my first really strong piece of advice. All right. Do not try to do this on your own authority right now. Right. I, I would second that, Kevin. And in fact, adding to that, me and you know some expediters that have been very successful, and one of them that's on medical leave right now might be a very good coach on this. It would be an excellent coach. You want to talk to? Yeah. Some people from Missouri. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I love I, I'd too. love to have I'd love to have a little team doing this. I think that'd be awesome. So yeah, if if you want to ask and they are willing, I, I'd love to have them a part of this. Then we get really really specific, up to date, what's going on in the the market right now kind of advice. And and when I say don't do this with your own authority, I did say now. That doesn't mean you can't have a plan to eventually move to that. But I will tell you right now, you are not ready, and it's way too much risk. Well, my insurance expires at the end of the month, so Perfect. I can find someone to work for before that happens. But uh, yeah, and that 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 puts us in a little bit of a time crunch. So all that means is you've just got to work a little harder and a little faster. Yeah. All but right. it, and here's how strong I I am about that opinion. If you told me right now, sorry, Kevin, I've got my mind made up. I'm doing it with my own authority. You would be dropped from the program. <laughs> hey, I got a question. Was your... I, I don't like to fail, so I won't take on a task that I don't think I have a really, really good chance of succeeding at. I, I got a question for him. Um, 
where do you where do you live at? I mean, I know you're not going to be home all the time, but where do you where do you call home? Uh, Knoxville, Tennessee. All right, that's not that bad. Cause like a lot of that stuff is up near Toledo and like Ohio area, Medina yeah. area. A lot of big. There's a lot of those carriers up in that area. Another place too yeah. is uh, the Milwaukee area is big on that. A lot of uh, industry up there. A lot of manufacturing and stuff. So there's plants and stuff and parts. So I'm just saying, so if you, that's a big thing. If you're in an area, say if you lived in Florida somewhere, expedite would be a thing to get into, you know what I mean? So if you're in the Knoxville yeah. around there, you got, you know, there's places you could go to that, to make sure it works. Otherwise, you'll never be home. No, your life, your home life is, but that's something you definitely got to look at. You got to be in an area where you can, you know, if you do have to go home or do stuff that you have relationships in it. Yeah. Yep. All right. And then versatility, you have your hazmat tanker endorsement. I did get the tanker. I, since I wasn't a hazmat carrier, I wasn't going to go for the hazmat. But if I'm going to lease on to someone else, then that's something yeah. I'll go grab. It, again, that, that adds to that whole flexibility component. Be able to haul all kinds of, you know, odd freight if you have does to. It have a, does yeah. it have a reefer on it? It does not. Okay. Yeah, that's another one because you can get into frozen stuff and all that too. But if it doesn't have one, that's oh, kind of and medical and yeah, all that. Yeah, medical and even paint. Uh, Steve Crone told me a story once about he hauled a load of for Ford. Well, Ford is where it delivered. Uh, one tote of paint. So this is tanker, hazmat, and it was temperature controlled. And you know he was doing it with a 53 foot trailer, but it was an expedited load. Yep. Hey, hey, Matt. Yep. You'll be interested in this. So I posted your numbers uh, and I was posting your numbers just as an example of here's what the report will generate. But then I made a point to say this is a really interesting report. Look at how strong these numbers still are. You know, one of the first responses I got. Uh, I've seen says, one of the first ones, but I haven't looked lately. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm going to read it anyway. It says, well, that's on a revenue per mile of two dollars and seventy four cents. To average this right now is not easy. No, it's of not. course it's not. <laughs> that, Imagine that's the that. point. That, no, it's not easy. I'll tell you how you do it, though. All the things we talk about every day, you have a solid plan, you know your numbers, you build relationships, you tweak your operation, and you do that for years to get to this place. Yeah. Of course it's not easy. Yeah, and that's nope. one of the uh, speakers yesterday at 150 brokers and he's only been in business two years yeah. which well uh, that's not i won't say that's odd because you're gonna go through a bunch of you do one load and you realize okay we're not working with these people again i get that but not 150 yeah. in that short a period you know of what's time. funny i've had my go ahead matt Kevin, I'm odd. I haven't dealt with 150 brokers in my lifetime. <laughs> so I was just exactly. gonna say, I've had my authority since 96. Exactly. Uh, I got mine in but, but, 03, and I don't think I've done 150 um, but, but, carrier agreements. When you try to explain these things, no, you need to know your numbers. You need to build these relate. You get this, well, that's not the problem. The brokers are just ripping me off. I know they are. They probably are. You're right. They are ripping you off, but that's your fault, not theirs. Yeah, that was the thing yesterday. They, they didn't, they were, it was the, the, the fight was for like helping, but they, they're not helping themselves. To make that statement that guy made yesterday, I was like, I don't, he, he said it yourself while you're not succeed though why it's happening you know it's just right Kevin 
I, I get so frustrated with this. I don't understand how brokers in business, because if everybody despises them so much, why does anybody use them? Well, well, let's let's clarify something. That, that we have this whole approach backwards. Why do brokers exist and why are they actually growing every year? It has nothing to do with owner operators or carriers. And when you say everybody hates them, despises them, you're right. In the owner operator carrier world, that's what we, but they're meaningless technically. It's the shippers that uh, want brokers. Yeah. That's why they exist. Shippers yeah, love yeah. them. One phone call takes care of it all on their end. It, right. Always, uh, but, yeah, I always develop so, you know, those direct relationships that I didn't deal with that. But it, Well, correct, right. Now, over the last two decades, I can't count how many times I've been approached by a company, we're going to be the Uber of trucking, we're going to eliminate brokers just like they eliminated cab companies. Well, first off, they haven't eliminated cab companies. And no, you're not, because you're missing the whole point of this. Until you can build technology that does everything for the shipper that the broker does, it's not going to work. And they'll go, oh, no, look at my app. I've got 300 owner-operators signed up in two weeks. So what? How many shippers do you have? Well, we have a couple people we're talking to. Oh, so you have a uh -huh. bunch of trucks and no freight for anybody. And, and at, the, at the end of the day, whatever business that you're in, you're solving a problem. Yes, that is and that it, is really the function of business. Other than, well, to make a profit, but to make that profit, you have to be solving a problem. Right. There is a company that came close to being the Uber of trucking, and I think they were around before Uber got into it. It was called U-Ship. Well, they're probably, I don't know if they're still around, but completely uh, it is still around, believe it or not. And it's the best example I have of stop screaming for transparency. You should be careful what you wish for. You just might get it. Those uh, types of bidding sites have total transparency on pricing, and it is a race to the bottom. Yep. So, Rulon, you, you ready to take this on? I am. I have three accidents on my record. Which well, you are making is, this challenging for me. Is, I probably should have had. <laughs> yeah. I probably I, should have had some sort of application process yeah, for this. Yeah, but, qualifications. I know, but uh, no, I like all, challenges. I like challenges. All not at fault. But that helps tried, a little. Tried at several you, places to get a job, and they said, "Oh, your driving record. Your driving record." And, and let's talk about that because a lot of people would go, but wait a minute, none of them were my fault. Um, Matt, you talked about insurance companies yesterday. Why would three completely non-chargeable accidents still raise your insurance rates or disqualify you from a company? Why would that be? Because it's a trend and statistic that you get in one accident, you know, in certain time frames, it's, that's acceptable. When you have a pattern of multiple accidents, there's a common denominator there. And even if not 100% your fault, there's always something that could be done different. And then that's a pattern of being in accidents. Yeah. What is the time frame on these? What's the oldest the, or the newest? The newest was in April. Someone turned in front of me and we head-on collision. Second one was two weeks later. I ran into the back of a truck 
going 25 on the interstate. I didn't realize, and I just slammed into him. And then the third one, that I hit a well, semi. Hey, wait a minute! Tire. Wait a minute! You, <laughs> yeah, wait, wait a minute! You you slammed into the back of another vehicle that was moving on the interstate, and you didn't get charged. No, it, it was at wow. fault, but I didn't get charged that fault. But I mean, there's okay, like, but the oh, insurance. I, I will promise you the insurance company looks at that as a true at fault. Yeah, I, I assume they would. It just doesn't show yeah. it on the record that way. And your yeah, insurance so. company has payouts, I'm assuming, on some of these, even if. So there's claims yes. on your record, and that's what insurance right. companies look at. So now my next question, so I know how tough this is going to be for me. Which companies have you been turned down by? Oh, I have to go back. Most of them were local. Some were uh, the RV, the semi truck, new new truck delivery companies. Okay. Um, nothing, and just local stuff. Okay. So. Uh, uh, that could be a problem leasing on having that on the record. Yeah. It, it may sure. be a problem. Yeah, I it mean, may be. A, you're, you're. Um, you may end up being an example of all the things not to do. Um, <laughs> I did get Twitter I'm, today. I'm I'm still going to take on the challenge, and we're going to try this. Um, let me ask you this. Uh, you paid how much for that truck? Sixty-some thousand? Yes, sixty-one. How much do you owe on it? Uh, sixty-one. Well, I paid $1,000 for the deposit. What? So, um, I, what are at least the rest. Well, Seventeen fifty a month is my payment. For how long? Five years. Uh, yeah, I think it's five years. Well, first off, I, I, moving forward I, on things like this, I don't want to hear you say I think. All right. You better know. You've got to know these numbers. Um, how, what is your source of revenue right now? Um, I am a rental truck that I got a, for this week, and then I was doing Uber in my car, but that one got crashed, so... Oh Currently god. not the really lo- doing anything good. Oh, <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Kevin, I think you bit off more than you can do. Man, oh man, I like challenges before you are making this difficult. Did uh, I hear that right on my connection that the car's wrecked? Uh, yes. All right. I, hey, hey Rulon, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm still going to work with you. But I'm, I'm also... starting with no debt other than the business debt because I sold my house because I saw all this going well, down. Well, but let me ask you this. <laughs> Realistically, how long could you make that truck payment if you don't start generating revenue? Well, I, I'm i a worker, so I'll, I know how to find at least okay. to pay my bills. Okay. And, and this truck fine. payment? Yeah, well, that's my bill. <laughs> okay. One of the bills. Okay. So, Got yes, it. I'll, any debt and, I have, and, I will do anything to make sure I pay. And one of the reasons I'm going to continue with this, I, I, I've i done this for a lot of years. I listen between the lines, and I listen to what's not being said. There were there have been many, many people that at this point I would have said, ah, I'm sorry, I'm bailing. This isn't going to work. You need to just sell that truck. and, and But you can make this. You still can. I know we have a lot of challenges here, and I'm up for the challenge. But I'm also going to do this. Um, you're in. We'll start working. Uh, I'm going to take on another one if somebody wants to. I need to. <laughs> I need to increase my chances of getting a win here. Um, so I, I'm going to. I'm going to take on two of them at the same time, just so I have better odds. 
Um, you're a challenge, and I, I think we can make this work. How about defensive driving school? Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Um, actually, I, I am a big, big believer in the Smith system training. Yep. All right. And, and Rulon, um, yeah. I, I haven't made that decision yet, but at some point I may say, if we want to move forward, you, you do need to go do this. Kevin? All right. It's a a one-day training program. Um, It's not even done in a truck. It's done usually in a passenger van. There'll be six or seven people in the class. You go through some classroom kind of instruction, and then you just go out and get in the van, and you start doing this stuff on the street. But it's really good training. Uh, And it works. It does work, really. And and I, I told Smith System two decades ago, Yes, you should keep marketing this as a safety program, but you should start marketing as an efficiency program. If Both. you follow the Smith system, it also increases your fuel efficiency. Well, and, and, and Kevin, how efficient are you if your radiators over the fan? It, right. Yeah. So and- um, for all the other people listening, I am opening this up for somebody else. If somebody else wants to jump in and admit that you don't have good numbers and you don't have a plan and you're worried about freight rates, I'll take on one more. You got to jump hey, in Kevin, that live. Kevin, I don't mean to be a negative Nancy, but I think that driver is radioactive for the insurance companies. And I would just let that truck go and maybe spend the money on hiring an attorney to clear his record of yep. some of those accidents. Because that's if he doesn't do that, that's just going to stick around with him for at least three years, and he's going to be pushing a boulder up a hill that he doesn't have to do. I like your idea of the attorney. Here's why I don't think there's any sense in getting rid of the truck right away. It, it's too late for that. Right. He's already going to have to default. He has no cash. He's going to sell it for a lot less than what he just paid for it. And at that point, he has no truck. He has a default. He has a tax problem. It's not going to hurt us to keep that truck for two or three more months while we try to find a carrier and clear his record. But I agree with you. We, we should go try to clear that record. But, but it wouldn't make any sense to try to sell the truck today. He, he's not going to get out of it. He's going to be for over mm-hmm. debt. He's going to come from his issues. I think he should. I think, Kevin, this is a challenge. I'd, I'd like to see you win, really. This is a big challenge, and I, I like big challenges. So, we'll, we, But at some point, there may not be an option. At some point, if insurance won't cover and we can't get him on with a carrier, I may just be done. I, I Maybe I'll come up with other options. I'm usually pretty good at that. But this this project may end for things that could end up being out of our control. I got there, there doesn't seem to me to be any real downside to trying to hold on to this truck for two or three months. Oh, make yeah. something work. Oh yeah. Exactly. But wait a minute. Didn't he say he does not have a CDL? He doesn't. He does he not have to get the CDL. Yeah, he does have not to. have hazmat, which is the reason Landstar wants hazmat. In my opinion, it's a litmus test of if the driver has felonies, can he get on military bases? Is he going to be a problem? Because if you have hazmat, that means you're you're, you're a better candidate for that company. I agree, so, and, and that we're probably not ever going to end up at some place like Landstar. It, it, it's, that's probably not in the cards here. 
The biggest thing, uh, Roland, is, I mean, you had those three axes, and I'm, I'm just saying, that, what were, when, when they happened, what, what, you know, what were you doing? I mean, you got, if you're going to be honest, was it your drive, the way you're driving techniques or something? Or well, I, well, we know one for sure. You run into the back of somebody, you're driving too fast and following too close. Right. And yeah. not paying attention. Right. No, and not paying attention. Get, yeah. So trying to get at. So if he's, serious, I mean, now if he's got, you're that, talking about getting his own truck, I mean, these well, are the, you got to, you're not, you know, you're not. <laughs> these, yes. these are the things that would absolutely be addressed in the Smith system. Cool. All right. So yeah, yes, we've, that, we we've got some challenges, and he's got to go get the training. He's got to go get his CDL. We got to find a carrier. This is going to be tough. But and and if there were a couple things different, I would just say you're right. Just get rid of the truck. We don't. We just need to start over. But where we are right now, I just don't see any advantage to trying to dump the truck now. I think there we have a slight chance of making this work. And we probably have about two or three months to work on it. Kevin, when I started driving 20 years ago, I had somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 speeding tickets, at <laughs> least one accident. And I was a brand new driver. And I, and look at the only, <laughs> and the only company that would touch me for bare minimum was Lloyd's of London. And the premium, <laughs> which which is a company that insures very high risk yes, things, it does. yes, it does. And the Great. premium for that time was at least double what I'm everybody sure. else was paying in my shoes, brand new driver with no accidents and right. no no tickets. And I didn't give up, but maybe I don't know. Maybe this I wish this guy luck, but. Ooh, that, we, we, any any insurance company that looks at these accidents, the types of accidents so close together, will come to a conclusion that this person isn't paying attention because he ran into things on the freeway. Mitigating factors aside, there we all should be paying attention and seeing what's coming at us and be able and adjust our driving technique, speed, and etc. to the conditions on the road. And when an underwriter for insurance policy looks at these accidents so close together in time, they're just going to say, this guy is not something we want to take a risk on. Because if it happens so close together, that means a week after we write this policy, it's going to be a total loss for us because we're going to take a haircut on everything, you know, this guy does. So if we run into that and we very, you are correct on everything you said. Uh, we're hoping we get some break somewhere. We get an insurance company to write this. If we don't, I, I again, we're going to have to get really creative. The, the biggest mistake has already been made, buying the truck. That's our biggest yes. liability here is that truck, and we really can't get out of it. So I'm already thinking, as crazy as this sounds, I would never recommend this in any other situation, but... Rulon, we might have you back in your car doing Uber, and we might be hiring a driver to run this truck. Yeah, that was my plan B. That that I may did. end up being our plan B. It's not a good one, but we don't have a lot of good options here. And or maybe find somebody that wants to take over that payment and just uh, sign the truck over to them. How's your credit? That'll, that'll be another possible out. Yeah, right. 730 I think so that's there. a pretty good credit worth protecting um, I right. would explore the possibility of finding a lease right. operator that could take over yep. payments and eventually make that truck his another good idea
Yep. Those are all things yeah. we can work on. So, so this is really unusual. It's really difficult. We don't have a lot of good options, but I, I love this kind of stuff. We either make it work and that'll be incredible, or we come up with the, the softest landing we can. And, and Roland, I just don't think that everyone here is like, I know I'm not cutting down on you. You know what I mean? No. It's just that you were trying to, you know, just, 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 the, the obstacles you got in front of you. I've been, I've been trucking for 38 years, and my, I've always kept my license clean. And that's a big thing nowadays. I'm, the company I'm working at, I run local in South Carolina. We have guys that get caught going through a, a red light on, on, on a camera. And, they're, and they're, they've been at the company 15 years. They're, they're fine. Their insurance yeah. company is now pretty much running who, who gets hired and who gets fired based on just acts. And that, if this is in Myrtle yeah. Beach, so it's a high-volume area. But like I said, it, it's really serious. The, the driving license part of it is big. So I uh, don't think that we're yeah. coming down here or being negative on you, but that's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, a large, big obstacle to overcome. Just being real. Yep, yep. I knew corporate insurance is $8,000 a year, and they said they would write it, but that... Now, hold on. I would oh. I would jump all over that $8,000 yeah. a year. No, that on. is let's, dirt let's, cheap. Let's make sure we're, we're talking the right stuff here. So you are talking that you are getting full public liability and freight for $8,000 a year. Yeah, it's, I used to carry Seems 250 low. and that was 100, 100K general business liability and the uh, full covered auto liability. I think you need a million general liability just right. for yeah, anybody to true. give you freight. Yeah, yep. that was the, the million, the car was a was a million for the other. And my my current policy I had was 10000 a year. But, but here, here here's the issue here. Now, is that policy on your new truck? A different company. It's is that policy on your new truck? Yes, it is. Okay. Um, but again, even if, if I that's the case, else, I, I, I'd be with... Big difference. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with Wojtek. If, if we needed insurance, that would be a great offer, and I would jump on it. I'm really surprised at that rate. No. But it's possible. But here's the thing. It, we've already decided you cannot go out on your own authority with this. It's just yes. not going to work. So we, we insurance, in, but what that might tell us is we may have a pretty good chance of getting a carrier to, to cover you, um, you know, as a leased on owner operator. Didn't he say those accidents happened recently, so it may not be in the system yet because it has to work its way through the courts. So I would be jumping on to leasing onto a carrier like yesterday. Yeah, good point. Yep. You might right. be able to sneak in under the wire if some of those are current. <laughs> yeah. And I was going to say yeah. the same thing about the Smith system. You should have that <clears throat> lined up this afternoon, get that done yeah. within the next week, because yep. that's being proactive. So Good when point. somebody asks you these questions about these accidents, you know, you can say, okay, I don't know what happened or why these are happening, but I've gone out and done this to improve my driving. Hey, guys, I right. just want to point out, um, I, I still get some pushback on doing the whole Twitter space. There's still some people just not happy with it. Um, this is why I do Twitter spaces, and especially for a show like this. The, the Having everybody here just in an open conversation, look at all the new ideas we generated like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I, lo I love this.
All right, so uh, I'm still waiting. If somebody wants to jump in and take me up on my offer, still it's open. Uh, you already have your plate full with this guy. You, you may not want to take you a second know, one. You know me. I'm an overachiever. I can't help myself. Um, while, while we're waiting, I, I just saw another post, and uh, I, I always like to kind of point this stuff out. So we always talk about this. We're back to the broker transparency. Oh, my God, the brokers are taking 40 and 50%. Um, and I'm sure somebody can always point out a load where they did that. And my answer to that is, well, then good for them and shame on the carrier that didn't negotiate better. But listen to this. For this month, this is a quote, for this month, a top performing office I work with had 130 full truckload shipments that they took losses on. They paid the carrier more than the, the shipper paid the broker for the load. They took a true loss. Now, that's just on the load. That doesn't leave anything to cover office expenses and overhead. They took an absolute loss on the load itself, 130 of them in a month. That's what happens in a volatile economy like this. They, uh, they lost about $25,000. And if they include some LTL losses they had, it's $65,000 loss in a month. Yeah, too bad Reed's not in here today because uh, the broker agent, you know, working for a broker, turnover is almost as high as trucking right now. And I heard bankruptcies that. in brokerages are probably percentage-wise going to be the same as trucking for this yep. year by the time it all washes out. Well, it's only logical. I mean, yeah. rates are down. Brokers make a percentage on rates. If rates are down, they're hurting too. And it, it's much more likely for to actually lose money on a load in a volatile environment like this. And this kind of market is exactly why relationships with not just broken brokerages, but agents within those brokerages right. matter so much. I've had an agent 10, about 10, 12 years ago, save my ass with about four different loads when their brokerage was going under. And he told me, do not bill me under this brokerage because they're about to go under. He jumped ship at the right time, took my freight, my bills with them, and I got paid for everything. But if, if I didn't have this guy's back and have a good relationship with him, I would have been out at least 10K. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and a lot of people don't understand that. So I'm glad you brought that up. One of my best examples is that guy that called me. He was running the, he was doing the one and done and the chase the rate and he was struggling and i said look you just need to find three to five good brokers build some relationships show your value yeah and he called me six or seven months later and said i, I kind of sort of took your advice and it's working he found one broker and it was ch robinson but what he found was two agents that he proved his value. These two guys loved him. They kept him loaded constantly. He ended up getting C.H. Robinson's Shipper of the Year Award, Small Shipper of the Year. And the guy had an awesome year because he understood that concept of it may be a big company and I can't build a relationship with C.H. Robinson, but I can build a relationship with an agent that works for them. And that's what he did. Um. Just real quick here, I'm pulling into my customer. 
I hope uh, everybody has a great 4th of July if we don't speak again before then. And unless you're going to run a marathon today, I, I might be back in an hour if you're still sticking around today, Kevin. <laughs> uh, we'll see. Tell your customer we said hey. All righty. All right. Take care. Thanks. Have an effect All right. on the uh, relationship I don't, I guess side. I'm, what's that, Henry? I says I keep wondering how much all the relationship building part of this is going to be affected by AI, which is something I've always cherished was building that relationship. But I wonder how much AI is going to cut into that. Uh, too much, I think. And here's my take on this. I've said this for years. I love when I find technology that enhances my relationships. I don't want technology that is designed to replace the relationships. Right. So, it, well, somebody just mentioned Reed. Reed's software is an excellent example of this. Reed's software is designed to make communicating and building a relationship with a couple of small brokers work really well. He's not trying to replace the, the communications and the relationship. He's making it easier to have that relationship. All right. Well, uh, it looks like I'm going to get off somewhat easy because I, uh, I don't have anybody else taking me up on my offer. So looks like yeah, maybe uh, maybe you should repeat your offer. Maybe there's new people that got on and didn't hear. Uh, oh, so you do want to see me work hard. No, you do enough. You need to get out of that guard. That's what you need to do. But I yeah. just say maybe people don't know what you you know, yeah. You're right. So, yeah, I'll repeat it again. So here's the offer. You're in business. Now, I'm not going to help somebody who's not in business yet. This last one's a kind of iffy, but I, I didn't qualify it, so I'm going to take it on. Uh, you uh, need to be in business a... already. You either have numbers, but you can't really figure out your numbers or figure out how to use them to create a plan, or you just don't have any numbers at all, and you're worried about what's going to happen with these freight rates. Um, if you're in that situation and you're willing to come on here live and say you're in that situation, then I'll do exactly for you what I'm going to do for Ruban. I'll put your numbers together, I'll create a business report, and I'll work with you. I, I'm not putting a time limit on this. Either. It's not a one-month program or a two-month. If, if things are working and you're still making changes and we're still making improvements, I'll do this for the next six months. And, and this is no charge. I'm not charging anybody for any of this. Is there a limit to the size of operation you look at? Uh, yes, because I know who you are. I'm not doing your accounting <laughs> because you're behind. And and there's nothing I could help you with your operation anyway. You've already got it nailed down pretty tight. Hey, can't fault me for trying. No, I know. I know. Hey, can we get back to the efficiency aspect of this show? Yes. Uh, for a minute. Uh, just question. Uh, out of left field, I suppose, um, on a drive-in trailer, a drop deck that's all the way to the ground with some boxes on the back, building a boat tail on the back with a roll-up door, how much efficiency would that, what, what would be the improvement? And is that worth doing? Just making a boat tail out of plywood or some plastic, and it can be up to 10 feet long. It's not a trailer that I'm going to hold freight with. So this has to be able to move out of the way to load with a roll-up door, right? Uh, yeah, but the, it's not going to be backed into a dock. It's a race car trailer for my race team. 
Um, so the ramp, there's ramps that are assembled to put race cars in the back. So how clean are the aerodynamics up front on this? Uh, of the trailer? No, the tractor itself. Uh, it's a Volvo. Okay. So regular Volvo tractor. The reason tractor. I ask that, and this, Henry, this comes back to what you were talking about earlier. The boat tail won't help a non-aerodynamic truck as much as it will help an aerodynamic truck. So, and if you understand aerodynamics, this actually does make some sense. So what happens if you've got a big classic up there and a huge gap on the trailer, you're creating so much dirty air coming down the sides of that trailer that the boat tail can't really fix it all that much. Gonna have a small improvement, but the air's too dirty. But when we have a nice aerodynamic forward profile, the air's coming down that trailer nice and smooth, staying against the trailer. Now the boat tail can function even better. Right. Henry, How much of a gain have, would, do you think I would see? This is where I have uh, aerodynamics can be so damn tricky. It's really hard to predict gains, but I, I'm going to say we should be in that three to four tenths. Oh, wow. I do have a trailer question. Okay. On uh, Is there an efficiency gain between a spring ride or an air ride trailer? Not that I'm aware of. And if there is, it's got to be so small that we'd never be able to measure it. Henry, any thoughts on that? Did we lose Henry? Maybe he's trying to get back in after a question. No, what? The, only, the only thing with I think spring we lost him. The only thing with spring and air ride trailers is, is what you, you know, everyone says, oh, like, you know, your product's safer in there. Because when the company I worked for in Wisconsin, we used to haul beer, and he didn't have air ride trailers. We ran all spring rides, and we didn't, the damages between, he had, he had some trails with air ride, but you, there was no difference in, the, in inside the trailer with the, ride, the way it rode or anything like that for the car. Right, right. Yeah, I, I can't think of any, you know, when we look at, fuel economy gains, we can look at it and say, are we improving aerodynamics? Are we improving rolling resistance? Are we improving mechanical resistance? Or are we improving the thermal efficiency of the engine? And we're, if we're not doing one of those four things, we probably aren't going to see any kind of a gain. And I can't see how spring or air would affect any of those things. It's there a maintenance cost difference? Because I was wondering, without all the airlines and airbags and whatnot, would that lower your overall cost? Well, just think if you blew an airbag, you'd be buying an airbag. You know, the, the chances of, a, of that are more likely if you blow a tire or something like that versus hitting the spring. You know, you still take your airlines out for your brakes and all that, but if you take, start taking out airbags, you know, it's going to... My, my guess would be that it would be such a tiny amount it would be a fraction of a penny per mile okay yeah i uh i bought five trailers sight unseen and i didn't even think about asking if they were air rides my guess is you bought them because they were a really good price they were a ridiculously good price a and that's why and this is where if you would have tried to buy five air ride trailers you would have never come close to that price and you would have ended up spending more yeah, I got overall. They were, yeah, they were like sixteen reefers with eight thousand miles uh, hours on the reefer unit. 
they put new tires and brakes and warrantied it for 90 days at like $20,000 a piece. You know, here's the other thing, and this goes back to what Terrence was saying about the, the beer run. The heavier you load that trailer, the less difference there is between spring and air. Run them empty That's and right. you absolutely know the difference. Oh, yeah, load them yeah. heavy and you can't tell. Yep. And, you, and, and the thing with beer, too, is, you know, that, that they're stacked high and the rolling, like, if we, like I said, we had some, we had some air, air rides. Like, you go into a turn, you got roll on them airbags. There was more lean on, like, with beer, when guys would take it on the trailers, the air ride trailers, than there was with the spring ride. So it's definitely, it's, the more you list, the more you load it, definitely ride, the better it rides, the heavier it is. Yep. No, I think that was a great, great find and a great choice for you. Now, on the accident, the guy that had the three accidents, another option for training. I don't know if they'll do it without a CDL, but we had a driver that I liked that totaled the truck and trailer. And I put him back um, down to local college and had him ride with an instructor for a week. Good. And I, like had him, I had him ride off on him, and they, they worked on a few things, and I got a full report, got a certificate, and whatever, just... Some of it was to cover us, and some of it was to improve him. Yeah, no, I, I, I love that. I, I And again, that's the that's, advantage that's of part this of the, open forum. the early learning driver training I have to do to get the CDL. Okay, good. So I, I did the test. I did all the, the online stuff. Now I just have to wait for my uh, in-class on the road. It's local stuff and long-range training with the... A, a certificate or whoever gives you the the pass Got to it. go get your CDL. It's some right. new law they made. So I've uh, I've brought in a whole bunch of new speakers. So I just want to let you guys know: once I approve you as a speaker, you're on your own. I can't unmute you. You have to unmute yourself and just jump in, in at a break and holler. Right, that's how this works. We just jump in and interrupt each other at work. So trust me on that one. But if you if you're in as a speaker, you've got to unmute yourself and jump in. I've got to, well, this is Keith. I've got to, and Go ahead, I was Keith. waiting for that break. I was gonna talk to you about your little uh, challenge you're trying to do for yourself. Um, fairly new owner operator, about a year, and I'm kind of curious if I could uh, improve my situation. Got it. I think I'm and not I'll, thinking I'm in a bad spot. I just I'd rather improve than go in the wrong direction. You know. Okay, so, all right, so we're, well, let's start the process here. So you don't think you're in a bad spot. Let's talk about that. What is your gross revenue per mile? I don't have the number off the top of my head. Then you uh, don't know whether you're in a bad spot or not. Well, I, I just no. have to look at my profit gauges. I haven't looked at it. In the, I'll be honest, I haven't done my profit gauges in, in a couple months. To update that's it. my point. Yep. You, you don't know what think you think you know. You think you're not in a bad spot. You can't prove that. Right. I, I agree. I'm not arguing the right. point. No, I know. That's so um, So you have been, you have a profit gauges account and you've done some. Good. That's a really yep. good start because it makes my job easier. We all And I'm modifying my offer. I said I would put in the data, but I'm not going to. You're going to. Oh, yeah. You've already absolutely. got the account and you yeah, know how. So. Right, you're gonna catch it up to date. Right. Uh, tell me about your operation. Are you leased to somebody? Currently, I uh, I drive for Menards D Distribution Center up in Michigan. Mileage or con or percentage? It's mileage. Uh, how much is it a mile? Every load is. I wouldn't say it's mileage. It's 
they pay you per per job per delivery. Okay. Um, so so it, it's not it, true. It, it's not a true mileage. And that's much more common in that kind of operation. So yeah. you could get some mileage pay that might be in there. There might be some stop pay in there, but basically they're pricing each run. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Off the top of your head, I know your numbers aren't current. What do you kind of remember that you were generating per mile? I know it's been at least a dollar seventy, if not higher. I know I did fourteen thousand uh, gross two months ago, and about nine thousand miles. Okay. Uh, so just know that's a challenging number to work with with today's expenses. That this is yeah. a little tough. Um, yep. Yep. How many hours a day were you? Because this is kind of a, a local out and back, right? Yeah. Yep. How many hours a day are you working? Uh, 10 to 12. Okay. This is challenging. Tell me about your truck. It's a 15 T680 with a Cummins. Oh, thanks. Um, yep. <laughs> boy, well, I want to make it challenging, right? I know. I, know. <laughs> I was hoping to get an easy one. Um, that's all right. Um, how many miles are on it? 800. What's your fuel mileage? The last time I checked, which was yesterday, was like 7.26. Not bad for a local operation and a Cummins. That's that's promising, and we can work on that. Uh, how much did you pay for this thing, and when did you buy it? I bought it a year ago. paid 60 for it. How many miles are on it? 800, 800 now. So. Okay, so just know you couldn't get half of what you paid for that oh, truck yeah. right now. And, and we just have to be aware of that. Yep. Because that there are things that could happen that no matter how many things we do right, you could still be put out of business. Right. Yep. We could be doing everything right and your truck burns to the ground and you're out of business. Somebody runs into you and totals your truck, you're out of business. It gets stolen, you're out of business. Because right. we're way too upside down to to ever be able to get another truck and get going again. So we, we do have that risk out there. Um, what are your truck payments? Fourteen hundred a month. And <clears throat> what is your what's your budget like at home? Do you have a, a lot of expenses at home? I have other income coming in, so my trucking business doesn't really. I take four grand a month out of my trucking business. Oh, that makes this oh. a whole lot easier then. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. That that makes everything a whole, and that's good. Uh, and here's the thing. We don't want to just sit back and be happy generating $4,000 a month. We want to double that number. But, oh, absolutely. What it, but what it does is it gives us a lot of breathing room to work on strategies. It gives us time and breathing room to work on things. So I have almost two opposites here. I've got one where where we're almost talking every day is going to matter. He's got to get the training done. He's got to get his CDL. We got to find a carrier to put him on with. And we are under the gun time-wise. You're almost the opposite. We can really take our time and create a good plan and then sit back and let that plan work. That's what I'm hoping for. Yep. Perfect. All right. Uh, so for both of you, cause I think I forgot to tell rule on this. Uh, here's how we get to the next step. Either record this or write it down or whatever. You're going to send an email to support at letstruck.com. If you didn't catch okay. that, just let me know and I'll repeat it. Support at letstruck.com. Just a quick sentence. I Kevin told me to send this because he's going to work with me. It, it, whatever. They'll, they'll forward it on to me as long as you put my name in there. 
and say I said so. Uh, and then that'll start the process. I, I've got to go back and work on a couple of things. Um, oh, here's the other thing we're going to do. I gave Rulon some homework. I'm going to add to it. Um, you know that you have to get your business numbers caught up. The yep. other homework both of you have, and I don't do much until homework is completed and turned in. Then I'll do my part of it. Because in the past, I do a whole bunch of work and then somebody bails on the homework and I did it all for nothing. The other homework, you have got to give me as close as you can come up with your net worth. And if you need help, just just say, I'm willing to do it, but you've got to help me and I'll, I'll kind of guide you through how we're going to do that. But I've got to know that number. I've got to know what your net worth and your monthly bills are at home. All right. Okay. Negative 100000 yeah, well, and that might be, and that's fine. I just, I need to know the number. We'll work with anything, but but I can't work blind. I, I've got to know the numbers. That's easy. All right. All right, good. And the, the class was the Smith class? Smith System Driver Training. All right. And I'll pull my MVR record, too, to see what's on there. You know, you know what's the good thing, Kevin, about the, the Smith system? The words before, you, you wouldn't say you hit somebody because they were doing 25. And and I'm not saying that to pick on you, but... Yeah, yeah exactly. I understand. I I still fight with that myself. I'm like, why, would I, why did I hit him? <laughs> no, I, 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 and I I, I'll tell you, you'll learn why you hit him in the Smith system training. Yeah. They'll cover it. You'll know exactly why it happened. Yep. I know what. <laughs> I know All right, why so yeah, there you go. All right, so we've got two candidates. Anybody else want to jump in with anything? Remember, today's kind of a Friday free for all. We can certainly talk about fuel mileage or efficiency. Uh, if we don't get some new speakers jumping in here, a new topic. I'm going to wrap this up for today. Should I? Sure, I got it. On that um, air ride versus spring ride and trailers. Yeah. Um, J.B. Hunt, there were three mega carriers about 10 years ago did a study on the cost versus spring ride versus air ride. The cost for an air ride trailer per day, no matter what, how many miles you put on, was $1.25 per day. The cost for a spring ride, that was air ride, cost for a spring ride trailer was 27 cents a day. <laughs> Why do we see so many? Oh, we see air ride trailers because customers want them. Yeah, because of the freight. Right, right. Wow, that's yeah. pretty interesting numbers. Thank you for yeah. that. Yeah, and this was like ten years ago, so I mean, I'm sure that's probably the, higher. The spread might even be bigger now. Yeah, the spread's that, that's probably bigger now than it was then. Yeah, really well, interesting numbers. Thank you for that. Yeah, I got another question for you. Sure. Been kicking around. I'm a company driver now. Been an owner operator quite a few years ago um have everything paid off no debt no nothing and but i make too damn much money working as a company driver to cost just by an owner how much how much <laughs> about 95 home every night yeah um 95 over the road we could probably get you there in about two years with a really good plan yep. 95 in a local operation would be really really difficult and in some parts of the country not even possible right so in a case like this yep. a case like this because i've gotten this call many many times over the years that the only thing i can say <clears throat> is 
the only way you should go forward is if the money just doesn't matter. Right. I don't know, I'm 60 years old and just, I, and I could actually pay for a truck. This one that I'm driving, I could probably buy from the company and lease back on with the company. But Well, I mean, if you can... have that option, here's one of the things we could do pretty accurately. If you got their contract and we see how they pay and, and because you're at that company, I'm sure there's other owner operators there then, right? Right, yeah. If you've got some friends who would be willing to share some numbers with you, then we could crunch some numbers and, and it's very possible that maybe that is, you could do those kind of numbers there. Oh, I think I could match it, but why buy a job? I, I could make all kinds of arguments for why I would buy a job. Really, I know people use that as an insult. Oh my God, all you did was buy a job. So what? I bought the job I yeah, wanted. Right. What if I buy the perfect job that I really want? What's wrong with that? Yeah. And what if I even made a little less, but I'm okay with that because I'm happier? Right. Look, there, there really is not a lot of risk in trying this if you do it right. If you do it wrong, there's huge risks, right, Rulon? Right. Rulon? You must not be paying attention. Yeah, if you do this right, we buy a truck at the right price for today's market. We put enough money down on it. We and then after six months, if we say, well, look, you know, we're we're making a little less than we used to, and it wasn't as good as I thought it was going to be. So what? We we can get out of the truck with very little loss at that point. On the other hand, if you went out and bought a two hundred and forty thousand dollar new truck six months ago, you're screwed. Yeah. I, that's huge risk. I can't get you out of that, and you're going to owe a whole bunch of money and a whole bunch of taxes. But if we do it right, there's really not a whole lot of risk in trying. This. Yeah, because this truck I'm in now is a 2019, 2019 Freightliner, got 450,000 miles on, and I'm at like 10.1 fuel mileage for the last Ooh. 30 days. Oh, yeah. This is sounding better, and if you could cut a deal <laughs> and we could look at what the carrier pays the owner-operators, we may be able to match or potentially beat their number. Yeah, because I know the one owner-operator... He's not doing, he's doing about what we're doing for wages, but he's got a, he's got a Peterbilt with a Cummins in and that thing's in the shop more than he's driving it. So, but. and my guess is it's not good fuel economy. Oh, it's horrible. I mean, he run, we're, we're, we're limited to 70 and he'll pass us all day long. I don't know normally run. I run between 60 and 62, whatever it, but uh, yeah, he, he runs 73 to 75 and He's probably getting five, six miles to the gallon. So right there, whatever he is taking home, whatever profit he's netting, we could immediately add about $25,000 to that number easily. Right. So, yeah, I think it's worth exploring. I think there's a possibility here where you could come up with a plan that would really work. Yeah. If I wanted to run team, then I could stay here and run team. Them guys make big bucks, but I don't want to be gone all that much. And then that's not—that's never worth it for me. And, right. and look, there's there was a time in my early twenties to early thirties, I would do almost anything I had to do to succeed. Oh, absolutely. There's no way I would do half of that stuff today. Oh hell no! I put in my time already. Hey, hey yeah, Kevin, this guy. 
But this guy, if he dropped his mileage three miles uh, an hour, he can make a million dollars in 10 years, right? <laughs> well, yeah. maybe this local operation, sometimes we got to look at that a little closer. Depends on how the pay is, how the timing, the appointments. He's going to save a lot of money. Save a lot of money. It's possible. But we, we do have to be careful of that phenomenon that happens in a local operation. If I slow down three miles an hour, but it also means that I'm going to miss an extra trailer spot at the end of the day because I got back too late, then it might not make sense to slow down. Yeah. I only slow down because I, I know I got that much time today to get... I drive according to how I drive 60 mile an hour unless I have to drive faster like this run I'm on today. If I drive 61, I've got about 10 minutes left on my 11 when I get back. <laughs> that, so, that's, that's the kind of calculation you do in a local operation. I, when I did this, you know, I, the first thing I would do is always, always took the early morning extras. Trailer spots, live pickups, whatever it might be. They would sometimes they would schedule stuff at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning. And if okay. I could do it, I'd go grab it before my regular run that day. If Kevin, I got, uh, uh, go, ahead. go ahead, continue. You weren't. Yeah, I was just going to say when throughout the day, if I knew there was a lot of extra work around and I might get a trailer spot at the end of the day, I would bust my ass and I would speed everywhere to try to get back and get that extra trailer spot that night. I, I cut that too close last week, Kevin. Uh, when I got back and parked the truck, I had seven minutes left. You know, it's funny. When we were using logbooks, we never only had seven minutes left. <laughs> funny how that worked out. <laughs> <laughs> no, quote it, it was with, only 15 minutes. It <laughs> was on a conference call with me one time, Kevin. And, and the administrator was on the call with us with Trucking Solutions Group. And, and she was saying about how the... ELDs go to the minutes, so you end up with more minutes. And the one person that wasn't usually quick with a remark said, yes, but there's a lot more minutes in a three-ring loose-leaf log binder. Yes. <laughs> and that's, that's just right. one. That, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This isn't a, that, no, no, officer, I swear this is not a second logbook. It's just plan B. <laughs> Kevin, do you want to know what's happening with the truck prices up in Canada right now? In yes. Alberta? Yeah. So Richie Brothers Auction has a big sale this week. I've been watching them sell. And a big oil field brick moving company is selling out because the owner passed away. Sons don't want to continue. So they're selling out 300 pieces. I was watching some of them sell yesterday. And they had five brand new heavy haul tri drive winch tractors that our company would normally rig up. Between four and four hundred fifty thousand Canadian, brand new. They sold for five hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars each. What? Yep. Wow. What a and, and the buyer and the seller have to pay Richie Brothers a commission. So you have to pay another five to eight percent as the buyer on top of that five this, and a quarter. This is the goofiest economy I have ever seen. Ever. Oh. Because I'm in the process of specking a brand new truck right now through the company I drive for. And wow. uh, it's going to be about the $450,000 when it's delivered. But yeah, to, and there was a, a used C500 Kenworth truck drive with 900,000 kilometers. So that's about 550,000 miles. 
completely rebuilt from front to back, it said. New paint and everything. It sold for $450,000. Unbelievable. Yeah. Wow. It was looking to buy a couple of trucks. You know, I don't. I don't understand all the numbers on that. I'd have to dig into them. But just on the surface, the thought of paying that kind of money for equipment in an economy like this, I have a huge risk tolerance, but that would keep me awake at night. Yeah. Companies that bought them are fairly big rig movers in Alberta here, and they're going to take on a bunch of North Wells work because they're no longer in the, in the system, I guess, But and probably hire their drivers and everything. So maybe they'll... And they make great money, don't, don't get me wrong. And, and the economy in Alberta is maybe a little different than the rest of the North America right now. We just went through an election where we had a risk of uh, you know, uh, going to a very liberal government. The New, New Democrat Party, they gained seats. But our Conservative Party did win with the majority, so we have four years of a stable government. The day after the election, over $5 billion of investment was announced from oil companies in Alberta because they were waiting to see, they were waiting to see if the NDP got in. Wow. So, like, we are absolutely flat out. You're talking about wages for drivers. I've been with this company 20 years. They have only ever paid me hourly. Um, last year, I, I, I made, I grossed $178,000 driving. So... It's all hourly. Yeah. I, that's not including uh, the LOA I get when I sleep in the truck, which isn't very much, yeah. but uh, that's all tax-free on top. Every day I sleep in my truck, I get $135 tax-free on top of my wage. Plus, they, nice. yeah, they also match RSP for me. And I've always yeah. thought I'd love to own a truck. I've learned so much just listening to you guys. I can make so much more money profit than what this company does but i make i know what this truck makes by the hour it's all hourly i'm right. always pulling wheels i probably cross over a million dollars a year for the company with this one truck wow so wow you know, so wow. i mean but i would have to spend a million dollars to get the truck and train right. combo that i pull so it's just diff- a different world right than what you guys it, are talking about it really is and you know that that there's something else we always should be thinking about. No matter how bad the economy gets, somebody's, lots of somebody's will come out of this freight recession sometimes better off than when they went into it. It's rare, but yep. there, there are always opportunities in economies like this. The guy that owns this company is 75 years old. He still has, he still has his own green clear. He has three sons working and a bunch of grandkids working. But he's grown this company. It'll be 60 years next year. He wow. With, he started with one. When he, when he was, I think, 18, he bought a GMC single-axle gravel truck. Started with one truck. I, I love wow. stories like that. Hey, oh, yeah. the, there, there is an example of why I love low barriers to entry. Yeah. He yeah. traded his 57 Bel Air Chevy off on the gravel truck. You know, rode, rode the gravel truck as his personal vehicle. I, I, I might be able to make an argument that the Bel Air may have been a better investment if he would have kept it. Not, <laughs> oh, you should see his collection. Oh, yeah. Yeah, right. He's got about $6 million in collector cars right now. Oh, wow. He, yeah. Uh, he, he has a great big shop up uh, in the hometown we're from, and he invites the whole community on Father's Day and has a free barbecue. 
and you can cure all his cholesterol curves. So he's got a biller. Excellent. All right. Hey, um, I have the speakers are full. I've got 10 speakers and I have wow. some more requests. So if you've requested to speak, jump in. Um, if you if you want, you could drop out if you're. Uh, I'm gonna. Yeah, this is Terrence. I'm gonna drop out. Just everyone, uh, have a good holiday. If you don't talk to anybody, good stuff, Kev. Yesterday, and today, man, I learned a lot. A lot, and it's good. good that we can, you know, other people can learn from this too. And Roland, if you're still listening, buddy, just to hang in there. But you gotta, you gotta, you gotta yeah. get that license fixed, man. Gotta do the hard yep. work, All Terrence. Right, we'll talk to you next week. Yep. Hey, yeah. I'll drop out too. I'll talk. I'll talk to you. All right, thanks. Hey, Kevin, it's TJ. I just had a question for Henry. Uh, are you there, Henry? Yes. Hey, I was wondering um, if, you know, Joel Morrow was talking about the Volvo iTorque spec, and I, I went ahead and I I looked into, you know, ordering one of those. Um, does Freightliner have sort of the same package that you can, that, that you recommend to sort of direct the dealership in the right direction for specking something? It's similar, and as we, me and Joel were talking, where he has three gears that he can run in at highway speed. I really have like two and a half. So, and and the reason I say two and a half, the DD15 has a wider operating range than what his engine has. So we don't go down as low as they are. And and if you look at me and Joel's numbers, are pretty comparable. It's just different ways of getting to the same place. Uh, 264 or 261 if you're running a 6x2 liftable pusher like mine is with the 0.78 overdrive. I'm running the 15 liter with the uh, 455 1850 and our numbers are pretty spot on top of each other. Hey TJ to answer your specific what I think what you're really looking for Freightliner does not have that in place the way that Volvo does. That Volvo you could walk in know absolutely nothing about the specs you want but if you ask for the right setup you get it right uh, yeah freightliner not they don't really have that but henry i'm sure you would work with tj and make oh, sure oh yeah the right absolutely stuff. okay yeah because i i mean i it's if it, on the next truck order i want to get it right you know i want to get it just perfect so yeah, i'll it, probably it, be, I'll DM you. yeah it's it, all it, available it, it's just not as a per se package yeah yeah no I, yeah I'll, I'll dm you and then you can give me the specifics on your truck and then i can you know i blend it with my spec and then i would have something to for freightliner because yeah, yeah it's also like to save yourself a little bit of time on that on on our texting if you go to team run smart if you go to my name on that or just google henry albert it'll take you to that team run smart it Got has it. my specs right there Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, that, that's perfect. Yeah, I remember so, when they first came out with that Run Smart program. I think I got one of those first Freightliners that they, when they first started running that program. It was like a demo truck. Yeah. Okay. So, TJ. Anyways, yeah. You have lots of money and lots of time. Well, I'm not sure about the time, but I know you've got lots of money. I think oh, you yeah. should. I think you should take on my project so I can do it vicariously through you. Well, I don't know what your project is because I got in here late. Okay, I talked, I talked about it a while back. So uh. I want to go back and build a new signature glider. And I know we can, we, we can build gliders. It's a little difficult, but it could still be done. So kind of like the original first two signature trucks, but now we'll do it with all our new knowledge. Yep. Then we're going to spec either your choice, 
the most fuel-efficient new Volvo we could or the most fuel-efficient new Freightliner we could. And then you're going to go get a Tesla. And we're going to run these three trucks and compare overall profitability over their life. Oh, yeah. I could do that. And we could run it on 80,000-pound loads from California to Dallas and back. Exactly. You have a nice, challenging operation for this. I, I think you're the perfect candidate. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I'd be in on that. I'm all about that. All right. I'll, I'll stop down at your place next week. We'll start working on it. <laughs> yeah. Are you coming to California? I figured I'd see you up at your warehouse. Oh, yeah. If you want to come up here, you can. Well, you know, I just got my Let's Truck order and I had a little free berry basket thing in there. Do you know about those? I do. Yeah. What? I do. It's a nice little bonus add-in. I like that. I like it when I buy something and then I get a little bit more of something. Yeah, of course. We all like that. So, yeah, I had a, uh, I had a listener stop in yesterday and I gave him a garden tour. Nice. Yeah, that's good. My, my kids would love the garden tour. And then I'll give you a tour of my coach and tell you all the all the problems with it. <laughs> hey, you know, the last time we talked, you were you just had a bunch of work done on yours and I had mine. You were significantly ahead of me on cost. I'm catching up. Oh, wow. Did you hit the hundred thousand mark? Not yet, but I'm, I'm catching up. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. These coaches, it's like race cars or, oh, you know, it's, a, it's just a money. It's a, it's just a place to waste money. And I don't know. You know, <laughs> I'm hoping I, I can I, get out of that business. I used to own boats and we always called boats a hole in a wa in the water. You just threw money into, but it's nothing compared to this damn coach. Oh yeah. Yeah. No, I don't recommend it. I'm, I love it for the family life. Cause we get our family, you know, our family stays real close and we travel. Right. So, but I imagine when my kids are out of school, I don't know if I'll still be in the coach business. It's tough. You know, I, I lived in one and we traveled around. I absolutely loved that for about three years. And when I go now, I really, really enjoy it. I mean, I love getting back out on the road. I love living in the coach. I like seeing new places boy the cost is just and and last yeah. year when i was traveling and fuel prices were so high i had my cost was a dollar nine a mile on fuel oh, oh yeah oh <laughs> it's like oh yeah oh yeah and don't forget there's no revenue coming in to offset that this is just pure <laughs> expense yeah i just what i do kevin is i I, I get I have the luxury of plugging in some truck number and some company drivers getting four miles to the gallon. So so, so Kevin, on that, I met a guy with a Prevost and it's a while ago, I met him up in West Virginia and he was delivering trailers with it. Really? Yeah, he he had a hitch on the back. And okay. In his case, you know, like those uh those uh he had a low boy on, like you would put a backhoe on. Yeah. And then there was three other trailers stacked on it. And he had his DOT numbers and everything. And he, he was retired, basically, but not retired. But right. that, that was his revenue source to move from spot to spot. He was, you know, sort of like power only delivering yeah. tag-along tag -along type trailers. He says, sometimes uh, I pull a camper. Sometimes I pull, a, you know, construction equipment, whatever. But. Yeah, that's interesting. He had his operating authority and was using a prevost. Yeah. Huh. Hey, hey, you got to you got to get the lingo right though. Prevo. Yeah, Prevo. Prevo. Okay. Hey, All Kevin, right. can you can you just real quickly tell me about Ruland's story? 
Is there any way I can help? I don't know. I missed it. Yeah. Yeah. Can can you lease on a um, twenty four foot expedited truck? Oh no, because that's what no, I can't. But but let me let me tell you how challenging this one's going to be. He bought a sixty some thousand dollar, and it is a class eight. It's a Cascadia with a DD thirteen, but it's a twenty four foot straight truck with a lift axle, Uh, single axle, so he doesn't have a tag. Right, that's right. Not doesn't have a tag, so that could be a problem for us. But it gets far worse. He bought the truck. He doesn't have a CDL yet. Oh wow! And he's got three tickets for not having the CDL. No, <laughs> no, no that no, would be no. really bad. No, no uh, one of them though. He ran into the back of somebody on an interstate. Oh shoot! But this is challenging. Yeah. Wow. But we've got a we've we know it's risky. We know the odds are certainly against us, but we've already got a plan to kind of minimize the risk. Here's really what we came to. If he wanted to walk away from this truck right now, he can't. He, the problem already exists. He'd be so upside down. He's going to end up with a big tax bill. His credit will be shot. So he has almost no living expenses. He's willing to go Uber if he has to, to, to make the truck payment for a while. So I figured we could probably keep the truck for three to four months while we work on a plan. And even if the plan didn't work, he won't be in any worse shape four months from now. Yeah. Well, what, what's his status on getting the uh, commercial driver's license? He's working on it. I think he's got he's in the process and he's there's some things he has to go through. So it's just a, a time process. But we've you know, we, we've got him going to Smith System driver training this week. And um, he's got some quite a bit of homework to do. Wow. Well, hey, there's nowhere to go but up from here. That's kind of the way we looked at it. Yeah. <laughs> We're at the bottom right now, and there's no point in throwing in the towel right here. We might as well give it one good push and see if we can make this work. Yeah. Oh, cool. Right on. All right. Well, that's all I got. I'll go. I'll drop down if there's more speakers or I'll mute right no, now. No, you're good. Thank you, you. You, yeah, you can all just right. hang out. We're good on speakers. All right. All right. Anybody else with uh, a, a new and exciting topic? And if not, this is the four-minute warning. Sorry, I had to cut out for a minute. I couldn't hear anything, so I left and then rejoined. And I can hear you again. <laughs> okay. Go ahead. But uh, no, I didn't have anything. I just wanted to tell you that. If it helps. Got it. Okay. Yep. So I, I've added a couple new speakers. If you've got something to say, now's the time to jump in. Hey, Kevin, can I have Hey there, everybody. It's Colin. It's Colin here. I just uh, wanted to chime in about something I heard on the show uh, a couple days ago. Um, guy was asking about tanker work and exposure to fumes. So I work up in Canada. I haul jet fuel and diesel. And everywhere I connect, they're like dripless fittings. They connect right to the truck. Venting is up in the air. It's all wide open. Oh, um, you're wearing you're wearing rubber gloves. You still have to drain your tanks to make sure you're empty. But like, I'm probably more worried about the diesel fumes when I'm fueling up the truck. So I just bungee cord my <laughs> I bungee cord my hose so it doesn't and I can just stand ten feet away from yeah. it. But uh, as yeah. far as the plan goes, like we're loading fifty thousand liters within about ten or fifteen minutes. There's you can barely smell it from your truck. The vents are way up and they're they're ten feet in the air on top of the truck. That's good to um, know. So, okay. so obviously, I'm around it, but as far as, like, I'm not standing there and the fumes breathing it in, 
Right. Um, I've had the auto case where something goes sideways and you get it on you and you got to go get to a shower somewhere. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, no, we're surrounded by it everywhere. So <clears throat> just take some extra precautions is kind of what I do. That's good first-hand information. And considering the fact that I probably swallowed about uh, 50 gallons of gasoline growing up as a kid, I think you'd be okay. Yeah. I have to say, I've been listening to you for a couple of years. I was on the keto wagon for a while, got off, ran into some massive health issues that I was starting to deal with, and uh, been pretty hardcore here for the last couple of months. I uh, I hate scales, so I can't tell you what I've lost. But, um, Not I can even see important. My- I can see my knees again, so I guess that's a good sign. I, I'm not huffing and puffing climbing in and out of the truck. All good um, signs. Congratulations. And, uh, yeah, I just set up another Nutricue, so we'll be chatting here in a bit. I got a few other things I'm uh, concerned to work with, but uh, I absolutely love the new format, the app I found. Uh, I think what really happened is when I lost you on the radio, I kind of didn't even try to find where you went. I figured, oh, well, that's gone. Yeah, right. And, uh I, I got away from my community of support that I had and was just back to eating whatever. And uh, probably one of the greatest things I can tell people that are wondering, they're worried about how much it costs. Well, it was nothing for me to walk into a truck stop and spend 25 to $30 a couple times a day on chocolate, candy, a couple pops, and, and it'd all be gone in 10 minutes. And then you'd have a big sugar crash four hours right. later, so you'd do it again. You know what? If I want to walk in now and buy an $18 steak, I'm going to do it because I saved $50 that day not eating sugar, not eating the junk. So the quality of my food is, like, so much better. And and I'm literally – my wife figures awesome? I'm saving – she thinks I'm saving about 600 bucks a month by not – by changing wow. how I eat. Like, that's wow. what she – and, hey, maybe I was wow. bad, but I see other drivers walking out with huge bags of junk. I know oh, how yeah. much it costs. Yeah. Um, I, I know our food costs right. in Canada are kind of different just the way the money is, but, you know, yeah. um, six, yeah. six yeah. bucks no, for a monster energy drink adds up pretty fast. It sure does. Yeah. What, yeah. Congratulations. That, that, I, that. I started doing, doing two-a-days, so now I just eat twice a day. I eat, like, at 10 a.m., and I eat, you know, bacon, eggs, you know, keto. And yeah. then in the, in the evening, I do the same thing, it, but... Yesterday, I, I was shocked in Walnut Creek, California, the richest, you know, one of the richest parts of the state. Um, for $42, I got uh, shrimp, pokey, and pork as like a sort of a keto dish for, for $42. So, it, you know, for like breakfast at 20 and, and, you know, the second meal at 40, it's like 60 bucks a day to eat out on the road now that's terrible compared to what these guys can do if they follow your <laughs> methods but yeah, i was yeah. shocked that it wasn't it wasn't 50 bucks because I, I recall paying like more than 50 dollars just to eat a decent keto meal at night you know I, dinner I, stuff i'll pay quite well, a I bit think, for poke if i can get it on the road when i went grocery shopping to head out this week i had a couple things from home i spent 75 dollars at the grocery store and it's friday i haven't bought anything i Actually, I got one aloe vera drink. I think I've spent $9 outside of the truck this week. And yeah, nice. the oddest thing I find, and sometimes hey. I just wonder what's going on. I, I don't eat anymore. I literally, like, I had a little piece of cheese and some cashews. That's all I've had in coming on 36 hours. I'm not hungry. And awesome. I just, my brain has a really hard time with it sometimes. And it's like, okay, like, you know, you want to make the whole, cook a, I'll cook the whole steak. But now I kind of, hey, maybe this will be supper tomorrow. And it's very, very, the psychological side of it is probably the biggest battle I've had. It's like, well, I'm not hungry. I'm not eating. You know, Lisa and I have started buying these 
big, thick cut bone in cowboy ribeyes with that big long oh. rib bone on it. And they're like yeah. three to four inches thick. They're like two pound steaks. They cook so good because they're so thick. I throw them on the smoker, crank the temperature up to about 400. You get this beautiful crust on them. That though that one tomahawk, the two of us will get like four meals out of that thing. You're, you're killing me, Kevin. Um, I saw maybe. one of those the other day on the shelf. It was fifty-two dollars. But you're right. Like if that's four meals, that's I, you're that's twelve bucks a meal. Like what's the problem? It, exactly, and it's so good. Hey, I'm gonna. I, I said I was gonna quit, but I'm gonna run this by everybody. Uh, TJ Henry. Yeah. You. You guys know what an elevator pitch or an elevator speech is? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So for everybody else, the the idea of – oh, go ahead. Who is that? All right. Um, the idea behind an elevator pitch or an elevator speech, uh, kind of this, this really works when you're at conferences or events and you're trying to meet new people and build relationships and make those connections – and when you're at these kind of events, everybody always, you walk in the elevator, everybody sees you're at the event, they got the tag on. What do you do? I mean, that's like the first question. What do you do? So the idea of an elevator pitch or speech is if you're trying to make a connection, maybe even trying to make a sale, you know, you're trying to sell what you do, you want a, a really, really short, like I've heard 15 seconds maximum, uh, maybe 30 seconds, that's getting a little long. Uh, the shorter, the better. But here's the idea. The concept behind this is all you're trying to accomplish is to get them to ask you a question. That, that's really all you're trying to do. The mistake people make is they try to figure out how do I tell everybody everything I do and, I, and I'm so great at it. Well, you can't. That, that's, that's what you have to try to get away from. You have to come up with something that it, it doesn't even have to make a lot of sense. It doesn't have to have a lot of information. It just has to get them to say, huh, you just want them to ask more. So I have a new one. I had one before, but I've got a new one. I just want to know what everybody thinks about it. You ready? Yeah. I help drivers become physically and fiscally fit. Really? How do you do that? Uh, that's what I hope for. And I, that one, I, I, I doubt very many people are just going to go, Oh, that's nice. They're going to go, what, yeah. what do you mean? Fiscally and physically fit. What kind of drivers? What, what? That's all you want. You just want to be able to grab somebody's attention and get them to ask you the next question. Cause then you've got them. Yeah. That one's great. Short and sweet. That's it. Shorter, the better. Sometimes it's hard to come up with that short piece that kind of makes sense and really hooks them. But, um, that came to me in a dream the other night, and I like it. Yeah, that's cool. Hey, Kevin, you would be interested in knowing what my hey, cost of hey, hey, TJ, I've got one for you. Okay, let's hear it. I keep people inebriated. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, I'm, I'm a logistical consultant keeping people inebriated. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I would have to ask, uh, what? Yeah. What? Like, <laughs> sounds like you're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Kevin, I, I think I heard what you were saying, but to spark the interest of where it goes into more of an elevator speech, usually when, because I do so many different things with what's involved, I start out with, I'm a commodities relocation specialist. 
Yeah. And yeah, just something that they they anything other than the normal response. You right. know, anything other than what they're expecting will usually work. Right. Kevin, you want yeah, to go away from there, depending who it is. Go ahead. Whoever is trying to talk right now, I'm not getting much of anything. No, this is Terrence. A, a good one of those ones for get someone to question. Is I don't like know what's going on, Kevin, but it, it kicked out for me. I had to reconnect. Yeah. I don't know. I, can you hear me? Yeah, go ahead, yeah, Terrence. Yeah. The, the best one my father told me a long time ago was uh, he had some guy come up to him and tell him he was, uh, lost his job. And my father said, well, what do you do? He goes, well, I was a petroleum transfer engineer. So my father goes, well, why'd you, what happened? He goes, they closed the gas station down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, uh, let's see. I still have some speakers trying to get in here. Hey, hey Mark. Um, I'm glad you jumped in, uh, and I also want to let you know that yesterday and the, kind of the day before when some of that stuff was going on on Twitter, I didn't realize it was you. Mark, are you Oh, there? yeah, I'm here. Uh, yeah, uh, I bring new cars to people. Um, so I was just stopped off here. I came over to Louisiana in my pickup to see my mom today. And I just stopped off at a little place in Scott, Louisiana, and uh, picked up a sack of cracklings, and they were good. I just thought y'all should know about that. There you go. Hey, I have a, I have kind of a unique twist on your elevator pitch. I would say it as I'm the auto store. That's good. I was sitting here thinking about it because I think I might try it on the, my customer and tell him. I said, hey, I've been working on a, a, a 30-second elevator speech, or, uh, so how do you th- how do you like this? Uh, of course, these these haul cars yeah. for years, but uh, yeah, he'll I, get it. I, I just want to drive home. I know you're about to go. How important it is because I made every mistake in the book of knowing your numbers, and because I've told Kevin before before when I called this radio show and told him my story that I was scared to call him because he'd yell at me or whatever, and I wouldn't call him for years. I just listened, and that's like I knew what I was doing wrong, and I just worked on it. So, and I'm not perfect at all, but. It's just a process about, uh, you know, building relationships. And, uh, you know, yesterday, I really don't understand why these people get so upset at brokers because it's like, why spend all that energy to try to just try and change the government? Why spend all that energy when just focus on trying to change what you do in your own little world? It would make a whole lot of a whole lot more difference and help you more profitability and economically if you just worked on your own little world. That's the way I look at it, and that's yeah. that's, that's what I do. So yeah, you well, know, I want to chime in on that same comment and uh, encourage guys that are company drivers. I'm a company driver. I, some guys say I don't own a bolt in the truck. I feel like I own every bolt in this truck. This is my job. This is my livelihood. Um, listening to the show, I've got my boss on max mileage. He just put it on two new trucks. I convinced him when we threw a little bit in his pickup truck, and he got 100 kilometers more in one tank. Um, but I went with, I want to be a better driver. I want to act like I own the truck. If I can make an extra 10 grand by increasing my fuel mileage, when I go talk to my boss about a raise, I have an argument to make about it. And this show isn't just for owner-operators. I know it's mainly focused on that, but I really want to reach out to the company drivers that 
it's worth doing these things. It doesn't matter if the boss never cares. You know that you kept $10,000 out of some other corporation's hands and you put it in your boss's pocket. Maybe it bought him a new boat, but you know what? You did some hard work and you can be proud of that anyways. Like when I'm in fuel gauges and I see my average went from, now this is an abuse, I don't want to get into it, but when I used to see 3.6 miles per gallon and now I'm seeing 4.99, 6.0, when those numbers know, are happening, it's it, it doesn't come into my huge. pocket directly, but... I'm I'm pretty proud of it. And if we had more time, I would do the numbers because a lot of people just went, oh, so we got up to four some miles to the gallon. Big deal. No, it's a huge yeah. deal. It's That's much huge. bigger yeah. than it's much bigger than Henry getting another mile per gallon somehow, which Henry's gonna have a really hard time doing. <laughs> Real when hard you're time. that when you're that low every little bit of savings is huge when it comes to profit yeah you know, well the other thing- night i had to idle overnight and literally um, my number went from uh the that fuel tank it went down by from a 4.6 to like a 3.87 on and i know yeah the run should you oh, i do the run all the time you know what's important about this gentleman that was just talking about being a company driver? He's the face of but the like company. Watching yep. and that's the huge. turbo gauge, you know, yep. going a little slower it, up a hill. And, and I have a truck spec. I, I don't know if anybody else is hearing him, but I'm not hearing enough to. to no, he's catching out of it a lot. Uh, yeah, I had to actually take him out of the speaker list because I'm just not. I know he's still there trying to talk, but I wasn't hearing anything. Yeah, you know, I know, like you know, when, Kevin, you, on a side what, note, just of highway safety, uh, the amount of people you see driving by in a passenger side seat with their feet up on the dash or up against the airbag, do they have any idea what will happen to them? I've just had four people in a row pass it, me that way. That, yeah, you oh know, my, that, that there's scary. an upside to this, Henry. Go ahead. There, there, there is an upside. Enough of this, and we'll be able to improve the gene pool. Well, here's a, uh, yeah. here's another good, a good one down here in South Carolina. Yeah. They have the, they call it the Carolina. I, I don't know where the dash where the pickup became. Trucks, where the, go ahead. Oh, everybody's having trouble now. Um, okay, I know I brought in a couple more speakers here. Hey, Mac, I see you're up there. You want you got a comment? Can you hear me, Kevin? Uh, I'm hearing somebody. Yeah. I, here again. I, I'm a company driver in Alberta, the heavy oil guy. And yeah. Are you uh, interested in my cost per mile for fuel? Yes. <laughs> I, I use your app, even though I'm an employee driver. I try to do better, right, than the other guys. So we love that. All right. Right now, I'm at 90 day average is a dollar 38 a mile. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but oh man uh, so my 90 days is 3.38 right 3.38 in my last right days but i can look at pack car solutions and i can look at our other trucks and and on pack car solutions it says i'm at 3.4 lifetime so it's pretty accurate and right the other heavy haul guys in our company are about 2.3 to 2.6 miles per gallon wow that's oh, a big difference man that is huge Let's think about it for a second. Yeah. Let, let's just think about something for a second. Henry, what is your most recent 30-day average? Most recent was uh, 10.28, I believe it was. Okay. 
Let, let's make a, a just a quick profitability comparison. I, I'm just going to round off numbers for the, that heavy haul. Um, we're, we're talking two, two something. We're just going to let's call it two. If you were to be able to take a truck getting two and get four, Henry, in order to save the same amount of money, you'd have to get 20. It'd be something like that because you're, you're talking thirty, forty thousand dollars a year. It, 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 even if I don't round it off, it was like an 80% increase in fuel economy. Great. So they keep asking me, why are you getting almost a full mile per gallon better than our other heavy all guys? I said, I drive slower. Oh, well, it, you can drive one. You, you, know what the, you know what the better answer is to this? You know, when they say how or why, the better answer is because I made it a point to get better fuel economy. Exactly. I track it. Yeah, I track it. I work on it. I think about it. Now, we could talk about mm -hmm. all the stuff you do, all the strategies, but the real key is you get better fuel economy because you decided to get better fuel economy. Exactly. And, and, and Kevin, I get jealous of these people because, you know, uh, my last 90 days, my fuel cost is 31 cents. But I have to do a lot to change that. Oh, and, yeah. And, yeah. And, and most of it wouldn't be worth it at this point. And when I hear somebody like that, just simple little driving behavior things can make thirty, forty thousand just like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's incredible. So, so it is really funny because we all get paid by the hour, Kevin. So these guys are running right on the governor all day to get home an extra hour before me. And they never complain about the hours they put in. I get paid more to drive slower and oh. more money. And the truck gets paid by exactly. the hour. Exactly. So right. Uh, I know. It drives me nuts. You, you were talking earlier about driver pay and stuff and how it's safety and and whatever. Yeah, but you, we get paid by the hour, and we have a lot of morons that and drive right as fast as that truck will go every day. Right. So. All right. This is the final call. New speakers, anybody want to jump in? Matt, go ahead. Yeah, good morning or good afternoon. How are you guys doing? Good. <clears throat> Good. Can you hear me okay? You sound really good, yeah. All right, thanks. Well, it must be the Kia uh, speaker system that's doing the the uh, the, the good sound. Kevin, <laughs> improving things. I can only hear you right now. Yeah, that's a that's a Twitter thing. I we see that a lot, and all you can do is usually drop out and try to jump back in. That's crazy. I know. Um, I wanted to address the, the fellow in a little bit of the discussion yesterday. The reason that guys like me get involved is because, as, as you and I and others have talked before, it has happened to me over the past couple of years. And it has happened to a lot of people that just contact me out of the blue for, for no reason. Um, people need they need to have someone to show them that there is a way to stand up. There is a way to get your money back. Um, I just signed a contract with, uh, with a company and I found two clauses in there, two government rules that nobody is really paying attention to. So that's another reason. And it's the same reason that Kevin does his stuff is, is to educate people. We, we have to yeah. educate to make things better. And if, if you guys don't agree that we should be doing anything, th then fine. That's that's your choice. But, you know, it, it's not right for anyone to jump on Kevin uh, when he's trying to help people. 
it's not right for anyone to jump on me when I'm trying to help not only myself, but other people who have gone through the same thing. And that's why we go to D.C. That's why we go to our state legislature. That's why we go to our county and even city legislative bodies to change things that are wrong because and this is why our country is in this horrible shape that it's in right now is because people have just absolutely you know kevin locally here they are charging people and and there's a, a a great guy here he uh he teaches at harvard they asked him to come back um i met him at a uh cars and coffee thing many years ago and that you would you would think the two of us the way i am and the way the way he is, we, we would never hit it off, but we hit right. it off. The guy's just a, a full walking encyclopedia of state and local regu- uh, regulations and everything else. And now he's uh, they asked him to go back to Harvard and teach on giving podcasts and some of his knowledge of, of the government and everything else. I, I think that's tremendous. But they're yeah. here. They're charging thirty dollars a car in a local town and they're they're basing that on they need money to repave and redo the streets and sidewalks and yet there's federal money as well as state money and county money and it just seems to me that i'm sitting there going are we really charging residents to have a car my goodness what in god's like it's it's crazy Hey, so, hey Mac, yeah. I want to add to to what you're talking about here. You, you are correct, and I couldn't agree more. All of us need to work at something to improve our country, our industry, whatever. We 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 just have to, because it's falling apart around us. Uh, the reason I choose to do things the way I do, I have a feeling, is the same reason you choose your way. Uh, it's my personality. I love the challenge of the call I just got. Uh, This guy's got a lot of problems. The odds that I'm going to actually get him into business and succeed are not good. But that's what gets me excited. On the other hand, if I had to even think about traveling to D.C. and testifying before Congress, I would poke myself in the eye with a knitting needle first. I, I just can't do it. That's just not me. And that's the reason I choose my way. And I have a feeling you do like that. You like the challenge of of making things work that way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I have no problem challenging officials. Um, I think everybody who knows me knows that pretty well. So um, I don't know that I enjoy it, but I'm just sick and tired of of everything that's happened. A lot of people don't know that uh, one of the reasons that I stand so hard on the legalities of hours of service and, and drivers not overworking themselves is because that's probably that is the main reason that my younger brother passed away many years ago. And I just don't he just wouldn't listen. He just ran himself into the ground. So so we're, you know. we're actually more alike than I thought. Um, the it, One of the other reasons I do what I do, help owner operators succeed in business is because I watched my father fail at it over and over right and he want he wanted to own trucks he didn't want to own a business he loved trucks he loved working on them he loved driving them he didn't want to own a business and and it it didn't work i mean that's just not how it works and he was frustrated and he would fail and then he'd go take a union job that he hated and he'd save some money and he'd try another truck and and i just watched that and it was i I thought there's got to be a better way yeah yeah, there there has to be. And, and with what I've uncovered today, I think this will help some people 
tremendously if I can help them understand what the law is state. So, yeah, we're sort of on the same line. I mean, uh, my wife and I ran into a guy. We were on a military move many, many years ago down in uh, Georgia. There's a TA right there, not too far from where we were picking up. And he walks over. He says, I want to show you something. And he starts unbuttoning his shirt. And I was like, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Right here. He goes, no, no. I was like, okay, all right. He had a scar that went all the way from all the way down his, his whole center section there. He had, he had been, obviously, he had been popped open. And he said, don't ever do this to yourself. Don't ever think that this is worth your life. And he said, I'm very, very lucky. And that, that has stuck with me, too. You know, and we see guys out here dying. Um, and, and we see guys now more than we did. And, and I hate to say this about the paper logs, but, you know, we talked about flexibility. Uh, and, and we're going to keep talking about it. We definitely need more flexibility so that people can get their rest. I mean, that's what I... I told this guy, I said, the one thing I need to make sure of is that um, I'm able to rest properly. I said, because if I'm not able to rest properly, I'm not going to come to work over there. I'm just not going to run your runs. I'll find something else. I've got an opinion on on one of the factors and why our safety numbers are the way they are. And I absolutely believe a lot of it has to do with the distractions in the cab. Um, that one, I don't remember all the details. There was an accident recently, multi-vehicle accident, killed a couple people. Um, turns out they have now found out that the guy was on TikTok when it occurred. Mm, that's crazy. That does there, happen. There are too many distractions in our cab now. Way yeah. too many. Yeah. Yeah. I won't disagree with you on that. No. Honestly, I would actually be for, and I can't believe I would be for this, but I would be because if somebody runs their business wrong, doesn't really affect me much. I, I, I help people, but people fail it. That doesn't have a big impact on me. If somebody screws up driving, they might kill me. I, I have a little more at stake here. Um, I, I really think we need some kind of technology blocking ability inside trucks well you're going to run into a lot of pushback oh, on that i just will tell I, you. I wouldn't even attempt trying to get I, I don't think it will ever happen i think the pushback would be so big you'd never get it but i i think it's needed well i think that's why they're pushing for these in in cab cameras is so yeah, that that's, i don't if, want that I, that's not necessary you don't have to stare at me All I'm saying is I've been to convention centers where you can't use your cell phone or your Wi-Fi inside. They just block it. And you have to buy their their Internet access while you're there at the event. The technology is there. And and I'm not saying everything should be blocked. I just think we should think this through. And we, we should not have people driving around filming or watching TikTok videos. Oh, I agree on that, but you know that would be something that that the tech guys would have to uh, intervene and, and develop or something in some type yeah, of and, code that you couldn't well, beyond. And, and you that's know. the that's the easy part. The hard no, part that, is hey, I, I don't think it, you'll ever get it accepted. Kevin, the, the, this we do this in our office. Like we block on on all of our Wi-Fi connections, we block all YouTube. So, yeah, it's real easy, actually. So you can take any website or any application and make it not work, especially if you have company phones. So like company drivers, all of our company drivers with company phones, they, they cannot watch YouTube and some other apps in the truck. See, and, and you know what you just pointed out? 
and I, I know I'll get pushed back on this, the free market does better at this than any regulation ever will. The, the difference is the whole market isn't going to do it. You did. Right. You came up with good solutions, didn't involve the government. You solved the problem yourself. Yeah, it just solves it for the people, employees, right? They have a different standard than contractors. Right. If there's a contractor out there, you know, watching YouTube going down the road, then maybe he probably won't be a contractor for long. You know, it's just not, right. it's not even reasonable. All right, it's official this time. So, I'm wrapping it up. In fact, I'm I want to ask you yeah. ask a question. So, TJ, um, since you're able to control it in your office, would would the next step to be something in, in the vehicle to be able to control the the uh, you said you get rid of the YouTube, so then maybe there's something to control Facebook or TikTok or something else. Are you oh, thinking yeah. that's possible? Okay. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. definitely possible. You're just blocking out any sort of uh, any it, it, certain websites, right? So you block it's TikTok, you block address. Facebook, you block. Right. Yeah, and that and that too. But like I told, I said on a space earlier. I don't know how long ago, but we also have Sam Sarah cameras in the truck that fa they're, they're not driver facing they face the road but they also have a wi-fi signal so we could take a company phone not give it verizon connectivity right and then just connect it to the wi-fi that's in the truck from the from the sam sarah tracking and then and then control it all from there now that's Wait. not to say they wouldn't have a personal phone with them right you know maybe they have right. two phones now on that personal phone we can't do anything about but what we do is have a policy that says you're not allowed to use your personal phone at all when you're driving yeah. when you're on duty so if we're paying you that as an employee you don't get to use your personal phone you know that you can be that strict with it we have that's the policy right right so and yeah then how hard do we enforce that well it probably depends on the driver's quality i don't know you know Walmart has together. something. Walmart has something like that. Um, one of the guys that used to live by me, he's been over at Walmart for a long time, and um, some type of technology that they have, uh, he can't be on the phone because he got in a, a little bump. Um, I don't remember exactly what happened, but he said, man, I, I can't use my phone because they can detect me using it, and they would write him up or, or let him go at, you know, at worst scenario. But, you know, companies could start, demanding that policy in fact that's something that um we probably should try to get the ata to get their guys to do it since they're pushing for all those uh, these other regulations you yeah. know we should yeah. demand that hey you guys are claiming safety why don't why are your guys still allowed to uh watch videos and tiktok and facebook while they're driving so or film videos see drivers filming all kinds of crazy videos while they're driving all right with that we are wrapping it up today. It's 1130. It's a holiday weekend. I am not going to be back live until Wednesday, taking uh, Monday and Tuesday off. So Wednesday will be Destination Health and the health space here next week. So we'll see you then. Be safe. Be profitable. Be fit and healthy. Always do the hard work. Master the journey. Have a great weekend, everyone.